Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis on Major League Rugby, Year 2, Pros and Cons. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by Irish Rugby Tours, The Balanced Palette, Nutrition for Peak Performance, Afia Sports Training Group, and The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy and Steve Lewis in the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan talking rugby, and we are talking rugby in 2019. Stephen, welcome. Good afternoon, Matthew. Great to see you again. Great to be back. Been a, since last year since I've seen you, as That's cheesy as that is. Cheesy as that is, indeed. Yeah. yeah, all right. So, Steve, big year ahead of us. Nothing bigger than the World Cup, I suppose, right? Sure. So September 21st, 22nd, I believe, is the opening game. World Cup rugby in Japan. So every four years, obviously, Japan is the venue, destination. It's great. Can't wait. I'm going to be going. Uh, USA obviously qualified and qualified early. So that's the, that's the big um, target at the end of the year for Gary Gold and his squad and for all things American rugby. So that, that's probably the premier or the, uh, the biggest thing happening this year. Yeah, and uh, you know you've got rumblings overseas about the premiership. You've got whether it's going to be purchased by the owners uh, from the RFU, and you've got Twiggy Forrest doing his rapid rugby. But we also have big story right here on American soil, year two. So we have a, a a first in that it's a second season of professional rugby in the United States. That's correct. Sophomore year, right? Is that the, uh, the phrase? Um, so Major League Rugby is uh, kicking off on the 26th here in, in a couple of weeks' time. And um, so what's, what's new this year? It's uh, really expansion. Last year was seven years, uh, seven teams, sorry. It was won by Seattle in the final against Glendale. They upset the sort of regular season form there. Uh, this year, the big thing is the addition of two new teams. And those teams are Toronto and New York. That's right. Last year at this time, we were cautiously giddy about the, uh, the, the second iteration of professional rugby on our soil. We were all, or a lot of us were wrong, picking um, Glendale, who had but one loss during the regular season in that final. Seattle, it was, they were having, you know, fisticuffs around the water cooler. They had no coach, and yet they rallied, and they won in a convincing fashion in that final in San Diego. So now those seven teams are still intact. As of this recording, and that's a good sign. Yeah, um, so league needs to grow. Um, New York specifically and Toronto as well are both big, big markets, and they're both big East Coast markets, which is very important for the um, credibility of the league to be considered a national league. Um, so the addition of those this year, and then you furthermore, you flesh out the East Coast again in 2020, with uh, New England Free Jacks, a DC team, and an Atlanta team. So now you're going to have a, a 12 team, which is a viable, credible uh, national league in most of the major marketplaces, a couple of obvious exceptions. All right, so we got, what, 16 regular season games, which, which seems like a long season in this, in this climate where For, there's not a lot of high-caliber players. I'm not taking away from the players, I'm just saying... A lot of matches. Yeah, for, for rugby in this country, that's a long season. And so that will put inevitably some strains on the uh, playing uh, groups in terms of um, quality and quantity, right? You, you're going to need 30, 35, 38 players to get through 16 games. And we have that spell during the ARCs where you're going to need 
players is going to be attrition due to injury, but call to the national teams. Absolutely. So the ARC runs right smack bang in the middle of uh, MLR. Uh, so it'll go for about six, seven weeks. So you're going to have 25 or so players away with the national team and obviously some with Canadian team as well. Right. And actually Uruguay and, and um, Chile now have players right. in the MLR. So, so all the MLR teams are going to be affected. And it'll be interesting to see which teams manage that. Who's actually thought about it preseason in terms of um, covering players that they know will be missing. Um, so that, that's going to be an interesting facet of this, and it's going to be another strain on the um, coaching staff and, say, GMs for each team. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to the, the rosters more next week because, quite frankly, they're not, they're not 100% set right now. And, you know, why speculate when we can go into it more, in more depth? But like a team like Austin, you know, they're going to have to bring in some players. You got Utah, not a lot of change there. Some things are the same. And some things haven't changed a lot. You know what I mean? It's kind of, and I, is that good or bad? Yeah, I think uh, I think change is good, right? Our growth is good um, from a competition perspective. Change is good because you want different teams challenging, you want different teams coming through, and it's important that um, in a fledgling league, when you're trying to create a team in any city or town, that you you have some success. You know, there's nothing succeeds like success, right? In terms of getting people through the gate, getting a buzz, media. So you want some of the teams that didn't perhaps perform as well last year to have better years. Um, you've got two new teams coming in. That's exciting. Um, it's terrific. What's, what's not to like? And we do have two players from Rooney in our segment with, in the studio with us. We have Mr. John Quill and Mr. Derek Lipscomb, which, which is a pretty good combination of, rep, of what represents the MLR here. Yeah, one full-time player and one part-time player, and that's because he's got a job. Uh, one Nyack guy, one old blue guy. Um, yeah, so they're, they're a good uh, cross-section, actually, when you come to, th- you put it like that, yeah. Yeah, and uh, are you going to, I don't know, if we, are we going to call Quill a, an, a, an AC guy? When you wear that jersey, you're, you're marked, uh, scarred you're, for life. Oh, you're a hard man. Scarred <laughs> for hard life. Man. You put on that red jersey, you're scarred for oh, life. Always got to let him slide. A couple of other things on MLR, though. You know, getting through that first season is a success. Getting to season two is a success. A couple of things that um, may merit some further, you know, um, discovery as the season goes on here. A c- couple of things. We haven't seen a great deal in terms of um, league-wide sponsorship. Um, so that would be one thing I, I, I would just was expecting more. I thought there might be a little bit more by this stage. Maybe something's on tap. But we, we haven't seen any great difference there. And the other thing that uh, actually disappoints me a little bit is the, is the league-wide marketing. Um, lots of good efforts locally by each team in their own market. But I, I would have expected a more robust, um, centralized league marketing campaign. And that uh, really hasn't happened with the league kicking off in two and a half weeks. Um, I think it speaks actually to one of the other, um, not necessarily a concern, but um, just something people bring up. Um, the, the central office in Salt Lake, you know, it's mm-hmm. Dean Houser's commissioner, Nick Benson. Um, so those guys, you know, they've, they've got this thing off the ground, so you've got to tip the hat to them. And uh, again, a success. But uh, it, it would appear to me that the, the, the league's central office isn't as well resourced as it might be. So for instance... You know, in terms of marketing, in terms of branding, in terms of the other stuff, um, I, I would feel or I would expect a more, um, more resources to be put towards that to see more coming out of it. Yeah, and you know, you have other concerns. You have the venues are still 
a concern. You have Houston building their own new stadium. It's, at, at this time, it's not going to be ready uh, for the kickoff of the season. Right, right, ready halfway through. Yeah, yeah so doing half- four and five or four and four or something. Will they be playing at that minor league ballpark? They're playing with a constellation. Okay. Yep. So that's where they had the great preseason buzz last year. And then, unfortunately, they had to switch to the pitch that wasn't great for yep. the fans. And, and, and that, was a big, that was a big drop-off for them. Yeah. So, I mean, these are, you know, they're, they're first-year teething issues, right? So it's um, the beta version, whatever. So you've got to work through these things. Um, New York are playing at Coney Island. You know, is that going to work out? It's, that's going to be interesting, too. These are not necessarily, but, but as long as you're moving in the right direction, as long as, generally speaking, the venues are getting better, the quality of play is getting better, and the sponsorships are getting more, uh, media is even more significant. As long as you're moving in the right direction, and we're moving in the right direction with the MLR. Yeah, and certainly the, the, the positives there are the, um, some of the TV deals. You know, you got Rugby United New York has an SNY network deal. CBS is back in. ESPN is still there. You've got, I think uh, it was uh, Seattle just re-upped with Roots Sports this week as uh, to produce their matches. So, you know, they're they're coming back, which is a good sign. Yeah, but CBS deal was a two-year deal. So that, that's... But they've added they, they've added matches, and I think there was an out in the, co- the contract. Although I'd, um, I'd yeah, have to so, that, that. so that's good. Um, probably the most significant one. Uh, you know, there's a national deal. Like like this mirrors most other professional sports. There's a national TV deal that's CBS and ESPN, and then each local team is entitled to do what they want locally. Right. So New York's one is actually the big one because yeah. SNY, as you know from other sports, is massive, and the significant part of it is these games will be free to air. So no paywall. Everyone will be able to watch their team in New York, and that's significant, and kudos to them for organizing that. Yeah, that was, that was, well, that was well played. On that note, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Steve Lewis right after this. <laughs> if you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. If you're just joining us, this is a big match and a big moment as Kleister's toes the line. You know, John, Anderson has really been struggling out there today. Huge mistake as Kleister's clinches another title. Don't let your nutrition get in the way. USANA, the official multivitamin of the WTA. And we are back. Some concerns uh, that I, I, I've, I've, I've been talking to some people about. Cap skirting, perhaps. Yeah, actually, that brings us back to, to some of the things that are different. We, um, so the salary cap purportedly has gone up from 350000 to 450000 um, The number of foreigners allowed has gone up from five per team to ten. Uh, interestingly, Canadians are not considered foreigners for the purposes of that right. of this league. Although right. the IRS consider them, yeah. and Homeland Security consider them foreigners, uh, and visa wise, they're foreigners. But um, so those those are two things there that have changed slightly. Um, interestingly, player coaches are not within the play uh, the salary cap. So, for instance, there's been some you know discussions certain teams. You, know, you mean you mean their their coach's salary is separate from the, the cap? No. What I mean is you could have a player coach, so you could bring in Ben Foden to New York, 
and whatever he is paid is not does not count against the salary cap because he's a player coach, not a player. Similarly in Houston and similarly in other places, players, Seattle, I, yeah, guys are designated as player coaches. That doesn't count against the cap. So that, that's one way. It's not to subvert the cap or beat the cap or cheat or anything like that. I mean, it's just it's good housekeeping, right? You want the best team you, ha- you can afford and play within the rules to as, as great an extent as you can. The league needs a salary cap. Salary caps are vital for the survival of new professional leagues. But teams, owners, coaches, everyone's competitive. Everyone wants to work their way around it. So whether it's accommodations, housing, whether it's, well, I'm not saying we're at this stage yet, buying people cars or helping with a mortgage or whatever it might be, all these things, and they happen in the premiership. They happen sure, everywhere else. It's, it's not an issue, not an issue um, unique to America or anything. But, um, but yeah, so I, mean, I, don't, I don't see any major issues with that yet. The danger will come when you get a couple of teams who are quantifiably better than the others or a couple of teams who are really struggling. That's when the pressure on a salary cap comes. People want to either compete to win or they're getting embarrassed and they need to spend money to compete. Yeah. So if you see lopsided results, that's when you're going to have to watch. All right, Steve, we are basically out of time, but um, you want to go with quick picks here? Quick picks for general MLR success. Um, I don't think you can look past Seattle and Glendale. I think they're battle hard, and I think they're, um, they're going to be near the top. Uh, I'm going to go right out on a limb, and I'm going to say Toronto. Wow. That is, uh, that's a good-looking squad that Mark Winokur and Bill Webb have put together up there. They know what they're about. Um, I, I think uh, they've got an interesting thing. They play eight games on the road. Yeah, to start. To start, and then eight games home. If they are in the mix a third of the way through the season, if they get four road wins, five, six road wins, that's, a t- that's the team for me. Well, you know, you qualify for the playoffs, you, you, you can maybe survive getting three road wins out of those eight. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, so I'd look to them, the far north, our Canadian cousins. Interesting. I'm staying local. I'm staying local. I like, I, 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 you know, but again, I've, I've been going to the Rooney uh, events. I was just out at a training session, and they're deep in certain areas. Every team is deep in certain areas to maybe weak in some other areas. They're front row. They've got a substantial amount of resources there. I think that's important in this setup, specifically what we were talking about earlier with the ARC and injuries and attrition. New York's in the mix. Seattle, you certainly can't take out. And I meant to say Phil Mack. I, I said Turner earlier, but Phil Mack is the player coach. Um, yeah, and they've got a coach now, Anton Molman. Yep. South African. So I like this because we're picking two teams that weren't even in the league yet. Yep. Right? I think... Um, it's pretty cool yeah, I, for the I, league. I think uh, top four for New York. Um, on the flip side, on the other end of the, the ladder, um, without seeing, having seen the full rosters, uh, I think Austin and I think Utah will struggle. Yeah. And Houston, you know, there's, there's, there's pressure on Houston now. Right, they're going to have that new stadium. Um, they didn't really kill it last year. They were they, after their great preseason. They were disappointing during the regular season. They were lost. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and after all the build-up, you thought, okay. Yeah. Well, well, here's another. Here's another thing. Actually, it comes out of that. So you have a new league. So you had seven teams, seven coaches. No one got fired, right? Right. There's no cliche in every professional sport. Right. Your coach has just been hired, or he's about to be fired. Um, so with the new league, first team betting down. Um, 
that, that's probably fair. You know, it's a bit early to be wielding the axe NFL style on the, the end of the season, last day of the season. But I, I would think at the end of this year, I would think you will start to see owners and ownership groups um, starting to take a look at the performance of their coaching staffs. And I think it's a professional game. Coaches and players and even to a certain extent referees. Yeah. Um, all of these are now going to be more accountable. And at the end of this year, I would expect you will see the first, uh, unfortunately, my coaching colleagues, whoever it might be, but some of them will get the chop. Yep, absolutely. Uh, my friend, we are out of time uh, right now, but we do have our other segment with Rooney's Rugby United New York's Derek Lipscomb and John Quill coming at you. So on behalf of Mr. Steve Lewis, Matt McCarthy, at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.